back with episode 29 of USHJA On Course. I'm your host, Teresa, and in this episode, we're talking all things equitation with Archie Cox. But first, here are your association updates. The USHJA Board of Directors have elected Britt McCormick for the position of president. After a 15-month transition period, McCormick will take office at the conclusion of the 2024 USHJA annual meeting. Speaking of annual meeting, save the date for the 2023 event. The meeting takes place December 4th through 7th in Concord, North Carolina. Keep an eye on our website for more information and registration details. The September issue of Instride Magazine is here. Find the digital issue online at ushja.org instride. for our guest. Archie Cox is a writer, trainer, and judge based out of his own Brookway Stables in California. In the judge's box, he holds his large R, Hunter, and Equitation cards, notably judging the 2021 ASPCA McClay Finals. As a trainer, he has guided numerous riders to top placings in the country's most popular Equitation Finals, including the USHJA Gladstone Cup Equitation Classic presented by Emory and Henry College, ASPCA McClay Finals, USEF Show Jumping Talent Search, and USEF Hunter Seat Medal Final. Tune in as we hear from him about what he looks for when judging equitation classes, his favorite tests to ask, and how he likes to prepare a rider for final season. We always start by rewinding all the way back. Tell me how you first got started into the industry. Rewinding back to my beginning, I was born into somewhat of a horse family. My grandmother, Phyllis Cox, did Morgan horses and saddle horses in Massachusetts and was actually on the board of the AHSA, now the USEF, in 1977. So I've been surrounded by riding all different types of equestrian. And I grew up in Locust Valley, New York. And I have the honor, I think, of living across the street from Susie Humes, down the street from Bunny French. And I lived up the street from Tracy Topping, who was an avid supporter of the horse industry. So as a youngster, I was really surrounded by equestrians. And the rest is history. Yeah. And then I (laughs) did all the junior equitation. I had ribbons in the medal, the McClay and the USCT finals back at 83 through 86, back when the McClay finals were at Madison Square Garden, I had the privilege of showing there. Mm -hmm. My mother and I did a lot of it together. She drove the horse trailer the majority of the time. Station wagon, two-horse trailer, and off we went, competing around New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Connecticut. And I was fortunate enough to go to Florida in the winter for two different seasons. And I had what I say is the best childhood anyone can have. I would repeat it in a heartbeat. (laughs) So then what led you to becoming a judge? All right. Well, again, my grandmother held many judges cards back in the 70s and early 80s. And I moved to California in 1992 and started working for Karen Healy, who was a judge. And I think that judging is one of the most important things a horseman can do. 
you really get the perspective, what the judge is looking for. You as a judge, you can help to shape the standards and maintain the standards of equestrians at the highest level. You do a lot of training too. So how do you separate your training mindset from when you're judging or do they kind of run hand in hand? Training and judging run hand in hand in many ways. When I come home from judging, I'm always improving my training. I'm reminded of all of the details, whether it be efficiency in the ring. And I say that I want to see a rider come in the ring and, and show me what they got. If they come in the ring and they sort of wander around already, I think they're lost. And I'm reminded when I'm training that I want my students to go in the ring and get right to work. And, and that makes me a better trainer. And I'm reminded of everything from the tack fitting correctly, the general turnout of the horse, the polish of the boots, the rider's helmet, every part of it goes into success. Detail adds up to the big picture. So it really benefits you as a trainer then to also be a judge and then is also benefiting your students. Oh, judging and training is a great benefit. Working those two things together, I always come home a better horseman having judged a horse show. I love that. Yeah, I'm reminded of things I need to improve, areas that I see that can be improved in the general horse industry. One thing that I do like to do if... I'm judging a, a metal class and time permits and the position of the judge's box is where this can happen. As I ask the kids a question, it can be general horsemanship, can be about the bit, about the horse. And that is teaching and reminding the student and the student's trainer that they need to really impress upon the kids, know the temperature of the horse know your tack, know the parts of the horse. And if a student doesn't know that, I first look at the trainer and say, are you teaching that? So asking a question is one way to help educate everyone and remind everyone that there's more to it than just eight distances and a blue ribbon. Definitely. You mentioned a metal class. I know you do a lot of judging, but Equitation specifically, why is it so important? Form follows function. It's quite simple. And when you're judging equitation, you are judging how the rider steers and navigates the horse around the course with a variety of distances, different turns, how that rider can navigate and communicate with their horse through a series of questions that the course designer has asked. That is done effortlessly and invisibly. The correct position and the correct use of your aids allow that invisible accuracy to happen. What do you really look for in the equitation ring? You kind of just explained it to us, but you're judging a big class. What are you really looking for? I am looking for, number one, a beautifully turned out horse horse and rider combination. Mm -hmm. It is called a horse show. I am looking for a rider that can navigate the course in a variety of positions. You may have a light seat. You may have a deeper seat. 
at specific times to help make a seamless, effortless performance. You make it sound so simple. <laughs> and the best riders and the winners make it look that way. Exactly. You judged McClay Finals in 2021. So in a class where you have hundreds of riders, how can a rider really make themselves stand out? Produce an effortless round. The horse and rider need to be together, working as one unit, however you want to call it. Horse and rider effortlessly navigate the course, and they do it with style. They do it with elegance. And for me, one of the largest tiebreakers is who do I want to ride my horse? What rider can do all that with empathy and sympathy for their horse? I like that. You mentioned being able to ask a horsemanship question. Of the tests that you can be asked, do you have a favorite to ask them? I'll ask about the bid. Frequently, I'll ask the normal temperature of a horse. And in today's world of veterinary care and awareness of different diseases, viruses, things that go around, everyone should know that. Mm -hmm. Do you have a test that you don't like to ask as much? No, I try to make most of my tests very balanced. I try to make sure that if he jumped four jumps, two would be on the left lead, two would be on the right lead, so that it isn't weighted towards a left-leaded horse or a right-leaded horse. I can tell you, temperature question is something to avoid near the border of Canada. Oh, Mike Young here and I judge, and we said, what is the normal temperature of a horse? And it has to be about 15 years ago. And that little girl with bright eyes looked right back at us and said, Fahrenheit or Celsius? <laughs> and we looked at each other, and I said, well, whatever you're comfortable with. Needless to say, she was a very good horseman and very well-versed in horsemanship. <laughs> that threw us for a loop. In the... McClay classes, I try to ask tests that are easily demonstrated in front of the judge. Turn on the forehand, turn on the font. It's very difficult to ask a group to do that. And I feel like I'm not able to judge that correctly. It, you can only watch a small number of riders doing that test. So as a whole, in a large group of riders, I think it's not a very good test. Individually, great test. So as a trainer, what is your favorite way to prepare a rider for the equitation final season? Really, I think we work all year long for mm -hmm. the equitation finals. And throughout the year, the rider is just simply getting prepared. Riding in a little bit of a smaller ring is often helpful. Where the jumps come up rather quickly, as they do at the indoor horse shows. And really just having the horse rider combination answer the questions of go forward, shorten, turn right and turn left in a moment's notice and have the riders reacting. That's one of the biggest things is that the reaction time has to be rather quick. Are there any riders right now, maybe as a trainer or as a judge, that you think really showcase the epitome of great equitation? I think there's a group of riders on any given day, any one of the equitation finals could be won by 10 to 12 riders, 10, 12, even up to 15. 
there is often a standout from each part of the country, and then they come together in a national final. The finals have been won by Canadians from British Columbia down to Southern California, from New England down to Florida, the middle of the country to Oklahoma. So do I think there is one? No. There are many that could win that are standout horsemen. And that's really what the finals are gearing people toward. It's a stop in their career. It's a, not a destination. And it certainly can advance a rider. The riders that represent the U.S., most of them have done the equitation. Many of them have won the finals. But to test a pressure, to test a reaction, and it just develops good habits, good horsemanship. Definitely. And USHA has recently, in the past few years, expanded our adult equitation offerings. For a lot of people, they get to equitation, and once they're a junior, it's over. And if they're not going pro, now there's some amateur options. So what do you think about all this? The amateur equitation is very popular in California, and it has been for years. The equitation division is a great place for the amateurs they like the questions that are asked within the courses, and it is a little bit more of a riding contest than the hunters where the horse you have can affect so much. The Gladstone Cup was highly successful, I think, on both coasts. I know that there were about 30 in California, and I think that there were quite a few in Socrates. That tells you the success of it. Absolutely. We've talked a lot about riders, but what do you think makes a great equitation horse? Great equitation horses need scope. They need to be able to easily jump the jumps that they're asked to. Really, the, the number one thing is desire to want to do their job, whether it's hunters, jumpers, equitation. But in the equitation ring, those are the soldiers to be well-versed, rightly, leftly, well-schooled, and they are the horses that teach our young riders. And that's what we see with our veterans. Equitation horses need to be scopy. They need to be well-schooled. They need to be as brave as a lion, and they need to have that constitution and the discipline to be able to do it and do it again and repeat it and continue teaching young riders at all different levels. I like the thought that they really are teachers. You see so many veterans go along with riders for quite a few years and you come to recognize them and their name when they come in the ring. Yes, I think that the partnership and the bond between the horse and rider is so important. Ellie Yeager is a great example. She won the 12 and under finals in California on her horse. And when she was 17 years old in her last junior year, she won the USCT finals on the same horse. They stayed together the whole time, and that partnership is so important. They know each other. They think like each other. So you mentioned you did your junior equitation years back in the 80s. How have you seen equitation change over the years? The horse world and the different disciplines have become a little bit more specific. Equitation horses in the past, you did the hunters and the equitation. Now with the introduction of so many classes, 
and the courses being a little bit more jumper oriented in many cases, you see less crossover of horses. It's very specific. You see people doing the jumpers, they do the hunters, or they do the equitation. The horses themselves, with the number of classes, are really becoming what we call specialists. Back in the 80s, it was normal for a horse to be champion in the junior hunters and get a ribbon in the McClay finals. That rarely happens because of the difficulty of the courses, number of classes, and what those specific horses have to do. I mean, the, the countless number of horses that were junior hunter champion and won the McClay finals or the medal finals was really a unique number. And you don't see that today. That's an interesting note on how it's changed. But you're right. You've got an equitation horse, you've got a hunter, and you've got a jumper. So they are specialists. Yeah, they are specialists. And just in my junior days, there was the medal and the McClay. Washington wasn't around. And the USCT was, uh, I want to say, the finals were something relatively new. And those were the classes, the medal, the McClay, and occasionally the USCT. I've had some very good horses that crossed over, but just the number of classes, it's great that they offer that many classes, but what it takes out of the horse is too much. A horse can only jump so much. They can't do everything. And you can really fine tune them as best you can. And the importation classes allow for variety of courses or interesting questions, different types of jumps, and I really like it. Mm -hmm. Well, my last little bit of our interview here, we call it the victory gallop. So you have to pick a bay, a gray, or a chestnut. Bay. Would you rather jump the long approach oxer or the trot jump? A long approach. It's been a common answer. No one likes the trot jump. <laughs> no, it's very funny. The trot jump is the first jump. It's the cross rail, grab the main. It is the least favorite jump of most professionals. It is. If you got to live a day in the life of any rider, who would you pick? Well, Laura Kraut is my first answer. She popped into my head. I think Laura does it all with a smile on her face. I've known her most of my life back from her junior days, and she does it all with a smile. Mm -hmm. What is the last TV show or movie you watched? NCIS New Orleans. Well, I was on the TV this morning. What are two things you can't get through a day at the barn without? Coffee and teaching. What horse would you love to ride? What horse would I love to ride? Well, that is a good question. Oh, I, I do know Canyon Creek. The forefoot is my favorite division, and that horse has endless scope. He's beautiful and he's big, yet quite gentle and light. What is the most used app on your phone? Instagram. Looking at your feed, that doesn't surprise me. Describe your dream horse in three words. Desire, ability, and beauty. Oh, I think all of those are new ones for us. Someone at the USCF asked me the three most important qualities in a show horse. And I answered that question must be 15, 20 years ago. In that order, desire, 
ability and beauty. Well, perfect. That is all I have for you. Thank you so much for taking time out of your early morning to record. Oh, you're very welcome. to this episode of USHJA On Course. Subscribe so you don't miss the next episode and follow us on social to stay up to date on everything USHJA. Mm-hmm.